So I, I'd, I'd say one of the one of the biggest maybe irony is not the word, but like tragedies of my life is that um, I'm of fascinated. Your life. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> it's just I am fascinated by the water. I'm fascinated by the ocean. I grew up in uh, Texas, kind of on the coast, and always was drawn to it and learning about it and you know watching BBC Earth shows about it. But I'm also not the strongest swimmer, and I'm also terrified of deep water for that reason. <laughs> so it's like the supreme thing of like, I want to go to there, and I would love, I would give anything someday to go down in a submersible and, and to just have that experience. But I would also be completely terrified out of my mind the entire time. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's a whole I thing. I think that's the situation with a lot of other people, though, you know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, there is a difference between, you know, appreciating something and like actually wanting to go there in what is, you know, still quite a rare experience that, you know, there's not many people on the planet who've actually been down there. And yeah. um, I think while it's been mostly, I mean, 99.99% safe, um, yeah, there is this irrational fear with the unknown. And I feel the same way about space. You know, I would never say no to going into space, but oh my God, I would be terrified. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the same boat with that one too. It's just, oh, the open, it, yeah, it's maybe it's the unknown. Maybe it's the random exactly. stuff scraping your feet yeah. that you don't know what it, well, I mean, that's the unknown right there. So it's the unknown, but you, you've seen some stuff that, few other people have seen and you've gone on some incredible expeditions i was going through a ton of your stuff kind of creeping uh, a little bit but um <laughs> honest admittance of creeping love yep, it <laughs> yep. and I, I just have to ask i know it might be hard but what's what's been your favorite what's been the most fascinating or, or the strange strangest thing that you've seen yeah that is so damn hard to answer um <laughs> I, yeah really really hard to answer but a couple just a couple things that like spring to mind mm -hmm. um brine lakes are just one of the most epic things in the entire world mm -hmm. um so that's when uh basically water that is three to eight times saltier than the surrounding seawater because it's denser it sits on the sea floor oh, and essentially crazy. creates a lake in the deep ocean on the seafloor <laughs> and often these incredibly well adapted muscles um, form this sort of shoreline around the lake and it's amazing you're driving over it with you know the rov or the submersible and there are, the the lake is actually like rippling below you just <laughs> like a normal lake would. and it is yeah just bizarre that's that's one of the one of my favorite environments to see for sure I mean, hydrothermal vents there, yeah, these places in the deep ocean where super hot chemical rich fluid um, gushes from the sea floor often. Mm -hmm. And in some places it's over 400 degrees Celsius. Oh, wow. And when it's that hot, it, um, on its journey up into, from the crust into the water, it's, it's um, caused all these metals to dissolve from in the crust of the earth. And when it meets that cold deep ocean water, it causes all of those metals to suddenly percolate. And it means that you end up with something that looks exactly like black smoke gushing out of these almost like oh, chimneys. Wow. 
And when I say gushing, it's like a, it's like if you imagine the most polluting factory in the world <laughs> gushing out of the, you know, the chimneys. That's exactly what it looks like. Obviously not the same, but it's <laughs> exactly what it looks like. And um, yeah, it just that that fluid is what powers these really unique ecosystems that live around these environments where animals have zero reliance on the sun or on you know the primary production in the surface and on land that we all rely on from plants um instead they're actually able to make their own food using the chemical energy fluid and something called chemosynthesis i've got to take a moment here and and you should too just just think about this think about this it's it's a part of the world that's so dark there's no there's no real light. There's so much pressure. There's no plants. There's no energy from the sun. We can't we can't really fathom that. Like we think we know darkness, but even in darkness we have stars and the moon and even on the nights when that is blocked out, we still have light. We still have energy from the sun. We still have plants. We still have oxygen. We still have imagine a world out of the sun's reach. Imagine a world where the sun doesn't shine, where the sun isn't powering everything. In a way, indirectly, you know, as, as phytoplankton in the surface layers of the water are photosynthesizing and releasing oxygen and, and have these massive booms in population and eventually die and rain like a snow to the bottom of the sea. And these other animals, like whales, you know, of course, a lot of their stuff, technically speaking, in an indirect sort of way, but also direct, comes from the sun and are then made of the sun. And when they die, they go to the bottom of the ocean and they start a cycle anew. But even still, even even still, it's just a complete absence of, of that type of life it's scavenging and predation and chemiosynthesis it's just a different world it really is like an alien planet and you know the funny thing about that is it's actually most of our planet so in a way we're the aliens in fact, actually, in a very real way, going down there in subs like UFOs, I mean, come on. And it's just these perfectly adapted um, animals that are weird, but also just incredibly wonderful amidst this, you know, gushing black fluid and these the seafloor is usually like full of metal. So it's like browns and coppers and oranges wow. and it just really is this incredibly sort of alien like yeah. landscape um but also incredibly rare as well yeah just i mean the deep ocean is just full of incredible things and i honestly wish more people got the opportunity to um to see some of the things down there and, and especially to be able to experience it as well I, i'm always interested by the you know, you see these dense clusters of different species all hanging out by these vents. And then mm -hmm. my my first question is like, 
so where did they come from like were they or were there some by another vent and then some were like oh i guess i'll just go <laughs> out on my own <laughs> <laughs> right so this is one of i mean so little of our deep ocean has been explored we've characterized like such a small percentage of the life in the mm -hmm. deep ocean and and that's just like the most fundamental question that we're still trying to answer right like what's there yeah. much less questions about the ecology of all these animals and that point you raise you know how do these animals move between these very isolated deep sea habitats in some cases um and how do they well we know they do that via their larvae in a lot of cases but you know what how do the larvae know where to settle in this massive deep sea space like the, mm -hmm. the most vast space on the planet how do they find that needle in the haystack yeah. and be able to settle there and carry on life? And it's just one of the biggest mysteries that still remains for pretty much all deep sea life.